I said, what you know about it? It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. In the room a lot. Hello, hello, happy holidays. You're listening to The Stew. I'm Jason Stewart, Andre Canaparo. Say hello. Hi. This is our food podcast that we do every week. Stewie is not here, unfortunately, because who knows? I didn't even tell him we're doing this. Working, probably working, right? He's probably working, yeah. What's today, Friday? He never has Friday off. He never does have Friday off. Um, But we did have a great... We're coming off the heels of Thanksgiving. The streets are asking, damn, can't wait for this Thanksgiving recap. <laughs> <laughs> or no, I, I got that. My windows were down driving over here. Well, I you, heard it. You probably don't hear it as much since your social media is not as uh, involved as I am. But, you know, I've, I, it's embarrassed. I did have a few people tell me, can't wait for the Thanksgiving recap. And I was like, Oof, I don't really, who really wants the recap, though? Like you want you want the you want the content before things like you want you want the week before no, Thanksgiving. No, no, no. I get it, I get it. You want horror stories day after, mm. day before tips and tricks. Okay, you want horror stories? All right, here's let me get going. I have a feeling neither of us have any horror stories. I don't have any horror stories. I just have like a few like whatever like. The, the mildest inconvenience of a horror story is like just like a, a small speed bump or a pothole as 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 much as I hit. All right, I can't. I'll think. I di- I didn't burn myself. I didn't bleed. Nobody cried. I got a small one. Oh, okay. Yeah, mine. Um, my number one horror story is I've, every year I'm at battle with deviled eggs. I'm always fighting the devil in figuring out how to get. The most efficient way to get the yolks out of the bag, <laughs> no, no, to uh, unlumpified. Mm-hmm. Like you get the yolks, and then like most people will just squish them with a fork until they're kind of broken up into little. You just pass them through a chinois. I know, but that is a pain in the ass. What? I don't. What is that face that you just gave? That me? face is like you just you just take a spatula and you push yolks through a chinois after you mix it with a little bit of like liquid of some kind or mayo, and then it just goes through. That doesn't sound like a pain in the ass. So if your starting so you po- do- if your starting point is that's a pain in the ass, I th- feel like the next step is you just hiring somebody to make them. <laughs> okay, so you're talking. You make you 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 break the yolks up. You mix it with. The mayo, the mustard, whatever you want, and then you run it through the fine mesh. Hundred <sighs> percent. The yolks won't go through dry very easily, although they will. That's well. That's the problem. I do that every year. I lo- yeah. I load them in dry, and it's a pain in the ass. And you really kind of have to give it some elbow grease. And then my poor that is a pain. All right, I'll give you my cra- poor, I'll backtrack. My mesh strainer. Your crazy version of doing it dry. No, I'm just kidding. No, but yeah, doing dry would be hard. And it wouldn't really give you the desired consistency to the extent that, because you're also at that point, so I don't know if emulsifying, but you're definitely like, if you're passing every ingredient through a chinois like that, that's not solid, it's mm. helping it mix as well. So lube the yolks up mm-hmm. before you pass them in. You got to spit on them. <laughs> don't, don't do a full dry run. Mm. That's okay. That could be the, 
I wish we had this conversation a week ago. Well, and I do a food podcast. <laughs> if you tune in on when does this come out? Tomorrow. Come when it, Saturday is my food podcast comes out. Check it out. You know what? I want I wanted us to have an organic discovery <laughs> on on air. So that that could be the good solution. Mm-hmm. Pass it through, and then whatever is on the other on the inside of the chinois or the fine mesh strainer. I would imagine you're not going to be left with much. Not going to be left with much. Yeah, just a a few little solids that'll pass through, and if it's small enough to pass through that, then it'll probably be broken up enough because that's the one thing you want it to be smooth as silk. Definitely, but I also feel like the whole egg needs to be seasoned. Like I feel like to me, what do you mean the whole egg? Like when you pipe in the filling, then you got to crop dust real hard. A bare white, but I don't like. Um, I don't like hard boiled eggs. You're saying the white needs to be salted as well as the yolk. Salted and seasoned, like uh, even just a salted yolk, I'm not into. So some kind of seasoning, some paprika or coriander, just like just like something, so I'm not chewing. But I'm also Mm. in the slight minority where I don't like a hard boiled egg. Most of the time, if it comes sliced right. like in a Thai salad, I kind of like either choke it down if I want the protein or I just leave it. I don't, mm-hmm. and I don't hate it, but I just kind of sometimes, unless it's for nutrition, I just like I get nothing out of a hard boiled. It was up to you, you'd right. rather not. So, but in the context of of a, um, a deviled, hard, egg. deviled egg, I don't mind it because then pretty quickly your bite is mixed with mm-hmm. um, the filling, but. Still, it's just better, I think, the whole thing to be seasoned, and then like you don't get these hits of just like, oh, this is nothing but texture mm. and tastes like nothing, and if I chew it long enough, maybe it'll get gross. That's why I like to treat the deviled egg much like a, a uh, maybe a little tortellini or a piece of sushi as in terms of it's a one-bite daddy. The whole thing goes too, in your mouth. Yeah, that's too much for me. But, you, but you'll eat a piece of sushi one bite. Do not say no to this. No, no, no. I'm trying to you think the context. The answer is yes. So the short answer is yes. But I feel like that whole bite of hard-boiled, yo- uh, hard-boiled white, just like it's just it's too much to have in one bite And if you want to chew it long enough. Like if you chew, I feel like if you chew a deviled egg long enough, it's just like it's not great. If you chew a tortellini... You're not. It's not getting weird or gross. Oh, I see what if you're, you're chewing, there's like, a moment where you've you've done enough chewing and it's time to swallow it down. It's not yeah. going to get any better with any more chewing. It's probably going to get worse. Yes, and I feel like that's that's a whole half devil. This day. is why we do a food podcast. Who this... knew we would just be able to just come off top with five minutes just on egg whites alone? We're already off to a great start. I agree. Um, but I made I made some deviled eggs that had some Persian flavors. But mm-hmm. it, it had it had some shallots in it raw, mm-hmm. and I'd like to figure out a way to work the shallot flavor in, but not have it actually have the shallot in there. Chinois, chinois. Yeah. So I make the I just do the whole thing, mix it up. I would depending. But, are you adding any like lemon juice into your yolk mix? No. Macerate a bunch of diced shallots and a little bit of lemon juice, as long as the lemon juice isn't going to fuck up your recipe. What about pickled pickle juice? Pickle juice. That would work, right? But yeah, I think you want something, you need the acid to macerate. Maceration. And, and chill the shallot and also pull out 
some of the shallot mm-hmm. and then leave it thicker than you normally would so it definitely doesn't get passed through the chinois and then if you leave big chunks then is like when you're left over when you were saying oh i want to be left over if it's the shallot, then you can press the shallot and the chinois, get mm. all the onion juice out, and it'll stay there, or the shallot juice. See, my, my dream is to just do it all in a blender, but it, oh. it's not enough product. I never make, I would have to make like three dozen deviled eggs to have it create. I would find that way more annoying in a blender to get out with the blade and That's all that shit. That's the other shit. problem. Like, I, would, I would find it easier to push through a chinois than try and get out <sighs> to maximize eggs, all so this. There's got to be a better way. But I just love it when things get blended up real good, real good. Like, like it couldn't be well more incorporated. That that kind of vibe, where like it's just smoking because it's been blended so much. I don't know why I like that so much. Well, it's not that much to blend in the sense that like you're not really chopping anything unless there's like a lot of. I guess again, well, I guess if you're putting shallot and stuff in there, but because you could do it with an egg beater. Yeah, if you're talking about mixing it, or you have a you have a stand mixer. Yeah. yeah, you could do one of those things that one of the brushes that actually, like where the rubber spatula actually touches the side. Yeah, because the the whisk the all the whisk yolk won't work. It just gets stuck in there. No, we all know that. And then um, yeah, but you have a this is a mild obsession with deviled eggs that you've had since I've known you. You've always made deviled eggs. And I know. Considered it great, and because they are. But you're fixating on this in a way that, you know, you're trying to reach perfection in the deviled egg world. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I feel like I'll get there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had a better deviled egg than you've made? Uh, I probably have, yeah. But I think a lot also of... Also, crunchies. Like, a little bit of bacon on top would be great. A little mm-hmm. bit of, like, breadcrumbs. Season breadcrumb would be nice. Just something crunchies. else. Something yeah. else. Don't like just softy. You know, maybe a little caviar is the real winner. But these are all personal things because... Caviar piped in with a small caviar-sized piping bag. I look at someone who just just breaks out a soft bo- or a hard-boiled egg out of like a paper bag, and I'm confused. Other than I get the nutrition of it, but when someone's like, crack, 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 pulls the egg out, salts the top, and bites and smiles, I don't understand it. Full maniac. Like lock them up. I'm not a maniac, but I don't get it. It's That's lost on say. me. That's what I say. I get it. Again, like I understand the egg is a. Is if a you're great, traveling around with a shelled it's, egg, it's got its own bag. Eggs are great, <laughs> but like uh, to enjoy it, no. <laughs> I, I also uh, cooked a turkey mm-hmm. with my aunt. Mm-hmm. A simple, simple preparation: spatchcock. Too many cooks in the kitchen for your boy. Them jeans. One other person don't like. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, takes one to know one, Andre. That's not true. You know that's not true. <laughs> it's true for me. It is true for you. Nobody else is good at cooking Mm-mm. in the world. No, nah, I haven't met one. So get a turkey, spatchcock it, cut out the backbone, put the backbone in the neck and all that other stuff in a pot. This, make, so wait, all right, let's back it up first. The person you're cooking with, this is your aunt, you said? Yeah. So are you telling her what to do? Did you mutually discuss pros no, and cons? Would, she, she, it, was, it was all her okay. effort, and oh. I, was, I was letting her do it, but then I kind of... Was her idea to spatchcock the turkey? Yeah. Respect. Respect. But then... Smart um, move, that's the move. And my mom had some, like, turkey, lemon, pepper, season, like, Cajun seasoning blend thingy. 
blasted all that under the skin and you know like got my hand in there and really got yeah. all over the place covered the thing with some olive oil and then 450 in the oven and the whole thing was done in an hour yeah that checks out cooks so fast the mm. bird is real crunchy the whole the skin all over it is mm-hmm. dark brown but not too dark you know plastic like mm-hmm Real crunchy, and it was good. And then some of uh, a couple little parts were were undercooked, like right by some of the joints in the leg. Mm. And that was disappointing to see. But then I all I did was just took all the good stuff off. Did you bring your put the undercooked stuff in for the into the oven for ten more minutes, and it was done. Did you bring your thermopen? Yes. So you missed those joints. I did miss those joints. Well, that's the problem. Is like did you tent the breast at all? No, probably should have done that. Not necessary. I was curious. You not you don't always have to. I'm it, o- I'm helps, o- it helps if you know if you still need time for the dark meat. I'm always weary about the going right on the third because they say like you want to avoid the bone because that could give you sure an incorrect temperature reading. I'm also not that scared. You're not that scared to hit a little bone. I see a you? little pink near the joint. I'm like that's fine. Yeah, I agree with that. I ate a lot of it yesterday and today, and my body feels great. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was not a grass-fed organic bird by any means. Mm. Just a regular-ass bird. Which is, uh, whatever. And one people thing- go crazy during Thanksgiving. And what's great is to watch people go crazy who just, all they know is how to spend money. Mm-hmm. Not wisely. Right. Like they don't know how to cook a bird, but they'll buy the $200, $300 bird. Mm-hmm. Not, and just cook, cook it up. Not realize the different kind of animal that they're getting. How much leaner, how much smaller, how much quicker it cooks, how much harder it is to keep juicy, all this shit. They'll just be like, oh, it's super expensive. Mm-hmm. And just give you a super shitty turkey that they're telling you about how much it costs and where it came from and its name and its brother's names. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, cooking a its full... favorite Patagonia jacket. <laughs> that one hit close to home. Cooking a full, full animal of any kind is hard as hell to really perfect. You don't think so? Well, I do, except in the conversation of, like, fowl. Not that hard. Yeah, but I mean, like... If you're talking about, like, here's a 300-pound sow, you're just like, yeah, that's... Yeah, savage. But if you're talking about, like, a turkey, it's like, I mean, yeah. I'm even... I'll even go as as far as saying just roasting a whole chicken. Mm -hmm. Every time I roast a chicken, it isn't fucked up. Mm. But you've, you've roasted a chicken before, and you're like... This is perfect. I couldn't have done a better job than that. And the amount of times that's that's happened versus the amount of times where it's like, come out pretty good. You know what I mean? Like it's it's hard to really perfect. It's that's just like fair. making an omelet yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like that. Fair. Like even just, when you know what you're doing, you still have some misses because there's too many variables in play to control. That's fair. Mm. I guess the scale of difficult is just like. And this is for people like you and I who have cooked a bunch. But it's like if your turkey's a little dry, it's fine. Yeah, that's why God invented gravy, dog. I mean, it's just like, it's squirt, just these squirt. small, tiny degrees of things where it's like, so, I mean, I guess in the context of me being like, yeah, it's not that hard to cook a turkey, it's like, yeah, and then a little piece is dry in the turkey, and then other parts of it are great, and it's just a thing, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think that's, yeah, that was it. I'm not saying like, oh, my shit's perfect every time, and it's easy to do. I know. I just mean like, I think, I don't know, I think... Thanksgiving used to be my favorite holiday, and now I'm I, nah, I don't know. Last couple of years, I'm just kind of like, eh, it's fine. Really? I don't know. 
Well, you're also usually not spending it with the fam. It's more of a Friendsgiving, since your fam ain't living close. It's true. And like so many of my friends who do that, where it's kind of like, eh, you, you kind of like, do I go Christmas or do I go Thanksgiving? Christmas usually wins out every time. Right. Especially with your ass having a birthday the day after God's birthday. It's really better than Christmas. Yeah, your birthday is Christmas for Los Feliz. Everyone who knows it, yeah, for sure. Everybody knows. Alcove goes insane. Alcove shuts down on your birthday. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even go, and they still shut it down in respect. (laughs) Yeah, it's that bad. Uh, And now I have a big-ass bag full of leftovers, and I went... The only thing they're like, well, do you want this? You want this? You want this casserole? I made I made a lot of vegetarian stuff this year. Like people Sick. in my family are like switching to vegos. Been like adult people have been vegos though. Your no, mom- but I'm saying like in the last year, I have like a cousin mm. and his and and his lady, and maybe like one other person in my family has like recently switched to vegetarian kind of edging on the world of veganism. And mm-hmm. my mom made like a tofurkey thingy, but made it from scratch. Oh, wow. Like a big-ass log. Like mm-hmm. it looked like a back, big-ass backwoods. Mom, that's like a cigar that you put weed inside of. Yeah, But it looked like that, things. and I ate it just raw, no sauce, just cold, not, not nothing, and it was great. Smoky. What? Tahini, tempeh-like. It was really? good. Mom, you need to send Andre the recipe. It was very oat-forward. What did it's? What were its ingredients? I have no idea. There's oats in it. You had a whole day to ask your mom, <laughs> and you just give me some bootleg version. Look, and oats are in it. <laughs> when you get, whenever I get the fake meat stuff, something about me never wants to know how the sausage is made. First ingredient: way. soy. I mean, like it's just that's. I mean, it's but fine. what soy? Just soy powder? I, beans, that I don't know. Sauce? But it's like all that stuff. Like you just start with like. For something about it, I don't want to know. TVP or soy or it's like, you know, something. Some like weird yellow powder that you buy at Lassen's. So what you're saying is it's like, it's not spam where there's not going to be like assholes and pigtails. Like what could go, what would, what's your fear? What's your biggest fear of seeing on that ingredient list? That's the thing. I don't have any fears at all. I just like the magic of it. Oh, I thought you were like, oh. I don't want to see behind the curtain. No, it's not. Some people won't eat. That's won't oh, yeah. eat no, seitan or tempeh or no. It has nothing to do with. I'm afraid. Protein. I don't want to know what's in it because of the health reasons. I just, I just want like a delicious vegan meat log to appear in front of me, and I want to enjoy it. And I, I, I that's it. So just but looking. anyway, but that's the kind of thing where I wouldn't. I would just want to sizzle it up, put it on some bread with some mayo, a little ched, a little romaine. But I went to Whole Foods today and just bought a loaf of bread. Some cheddar. So I got the bomb, like the real high high dollar cheddar cheese. Why didn't you go to um, Dune and see if you could buy a loaf of bread? They never sell me bread there. Don't they? Aren't they? Don't they do that sometimes? Sometimes, but every time I, the last couple of times I've tried to do it, they're like, uh, "We kind of need it," or like they're afraid that if they sell it to me, then they won't be able to sell it to their people. Right. So That's you can fair. get like we have like day old dumb thingies or whatever. Right. And then I'm like just. Stop it. What, what kind of bread did you get? That's the thing. With the turkey sandwiches, I don't want good bread. I, I kind of want... Wheat. I just want like a whole Slice wheat whole sandwich wheat. loaf. Yeah. Because that's like the what reminds me of it, of the nostalgia. And it needs to be... I'm the same. The whole wheat sandwich loaf, thick mayo schmear, mm. and then spike brand seasoning on the mayo, turkey, thick ched, and then a lettuce or a spinach... 
either one, like a, a green that's not too severely bitter. That's it. But that's yeah, that's fine. That's how that's how not me, that you ask for permission. But that's just also a turkey sandwich. That has nothing to do with Thanksgiving Day leftovers. It has everything to do because I never have, I never cook a turkey. Oh, well, that's fair. Like it's just a turkey sandwich, but you're replacing the turkey, the lunch meat turkey, with real ass turkey, and adding the spike. I mean, I love spike on sandwiches, but not after Thanksgiving. But you're a cran man. Yeah, cran cran stuffing have to be on that sandwich. That's but lettuce stuffing lettuce is and already mayo. bread. That has nothing to do with it. Like starch on starch or carbs or health or anything has nothing to do. Like there's so much, well, depending if you have good stuffing, but the thyme, the rosemary, the texture of the stuffing probably has a nice stock, sage, onion, Mm. garlic, celery. I mean, or maybe oysters. There's a lot going on in stuffing that has nothing to do with bread. When you put stuffing in the leftover sandwich, are you is it going in cold and mush, or are you crisping it up before? I'll usually um, I'll usually take like a small pan and just throw a couple slices of turkey and heat that up with like stuffing on the side, not mixed together, just to kind of warm it. But I would do it cold. I, you're just not getting as much flavor out of it if it's cold mm. in that way. Like if much you like a up, Pinot Noir. Well, any of the aromatics are going to open. Like they're, you know, like any of those herbs are gonna not. You're not going to get the same bite cold. It's true. But I also don't have to have it hot. It's not like an absolute thing. No I'm, onion. Maybe pickle. <sighs> but really, mayo, lettuce, stuffing, turkey, cranberry sauce are the requirement. Like those, I would be bummed if any of those were missing out of the post-holiday sandwich. And what makes a Thanksgiving sandwich for me as well? The absence of mustard. Because oh. I'm usually a mustard in my sandwich all day, every day, off top, every depends. time. But yeah, I like... Yeah, depends. But I, I'm okay with the stuffing in the sandwich as long as the stuffing is the bread. Get the stuffing, slice it right in half... Boom. Mm-mm. The stuffing is bread. That Hopefully just... that's not the consistency or texture of your stuffing. That would be a bummer. If it came out like a like a gelatinous, like wet loaf, mm-hmm. like like pre-cooked French toast where it was soft and stuck together and you can make a log out of it, that would not be my ideal stuffing. That means you put too much moisture, whether it's stock or water or whatever you're using. You listening, Mom? Too wet. Too wet. I'm going to make a confession i've never made stuffing before i'm a real stuffing head and i feel like after onion bagels baby well that's or everything bagels but onion bagels that was one of um we got we got some questions online a little late for that shit one of them was (laughs) one of them was stuffing related (laughs) Uh, they were asking like what is your i'll pull it up i just there's just so many questions you know what i mean Mm mm-hmm a lot of them are bad, though. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to happen soon. Maybe it's on Twitter. Did Wait. you see that Bill Campo was selling a full Thanksgiving meal for fucking $900? Woo! For how many people? It's probably like 10 to 12 or 10 to 15 or something. I was such a f- joke. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Well, I mean, look, you got to spend it. I don't know. That was just like... Wow. Damn. I don't know. I, I mean, but then I was kind of thinking, I was like doing the numbers, 
I was like, for a second, I was like, oh yeah, what do, what do you actually spend on like everything for Thanksgiving? And I was like, I did 10 seconds of math and I was like, oh yeah, not anywhere close to $900. <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. But it's probably going to be so good. Yeah, I bet it's probably pretty good. Okay, here's a seven question from my man, uh, my man M. Goldstein, Mitch, my, my uh, Adobe Creative Plug. Mm. Shout out to Mitch. I have a follow-up question for you. I need to download something else. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyways, Mitch says, first of all, best and worst Thanksgiving sides. Mm. You know, I've never had the um, the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on top and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, so good. I had some <gasps> when we were at Royce's. Oh yeah, friendsgiving a couple days ago. My first one, and then I had some yesterday too. A couple, a uh, couple friends uh, and listeners of the show made them. What's up, guys? Hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. And 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 she made it with the the nuts and the marshmallows on top. And I fucking hate marshmallows unless it's in a unless it's in like a s'more or burnt inside of a rice krispie treat and made made by our friends at Now Serving LA. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand eating just a f- regular marshmallow, but it also doesn't gross me out, and I would do it. I mean, right. I don't really, but you're grossed out by it. Yeah, I don't like the. I don't like the way it feels. It feels way. Too, it's like a. To me, it's just like eating one of those marshmallow peeps. It just feels so artificial and sugary and weird that I, I don't like it. I'm. A, I'm. A, I feel like I'm better than my marshmallows. Oh, I'll eat a peep for sure. You'll eat a peep. Mm-hmm. You're a nasty motherfucker. You know that. Mm-hmm. Peeps are gross. Peeps are not even considered food. Peeps are not gross. You could just like it's just a marshmallow you could, food coloring. You could like use peeps to insulate a home, probably, or like a fun picture. <laughs> so, I would say norm worst side for me was the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on top. But you really liked it until I had this one, and now I'm a changed man. It was the worst until you had one. I have you I, had bad ones? Yeah, I've had bad okay, ones. Okay. I didn't. I really was not into it at all until I had this version of it. And it, the reason why I was so good is because it had the marshmallows and the candied pecans. Also, do you say pecan or pecan? Pecan. Hell yeah. I never even thought about it. Hey, do you have any pecans? Pecans? Maybe I say both <laughs> depending. I don't know. I switch it up depending on my mood. I'm in apparently, your head now, aren't I never I? thought about it. Pecan. pecan. I think pecan, pecan is pecan. wrong, but I also like it, and that's the way I say it. And I think it's cooler pecan. to say pecan. Mm-hmm. So I think all-time number one side for me, I think it just might be my classic green green bean casserole. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Also constantly evolving, and I had to. I usually make it with bacon, and this year I made it vego mm-hmm. for all these damn vegos in my damn family, and it came out great. Put a little squirt, a little liquid smoke. No, but I instead I use I cooked a bunch of mushrooms and onions and garlic down. Until it was like a real kind of dark brown caramelizy paste, you know? You know that I'm talking about? Bring that umami out. When you you say it like that, I want to disagree, but yes, I do know what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When you chop up a bunch of mushrooms with onions and garlic and you just... Like, you probably do that when you make your damn meatloaf, don't you? You know I do. You know, yeah. That's a stupid question. And it gets that good flavor in there, baby. You know. Yeah, so... The green bean casserole, that's the move. You just blanch those beans, cut them up small, make a roux, mix that, mix that roux up with some, ched, some good old sharp ched, put the mushrooms in there, the garlic, the onions, and then I chop up some uh, pimentos or just roasted red peppers in there, 
a little cayenne, maybe a little bit of hot sauce. Mm. It's good. Mm-hmm. But I made it this year with my brother's French wife. And I was uh, while I was pouring in the sharp cheddar cheese, I was just looking at her being like, what the fuck is going on here? You could, because she's like a French person, and I'm like showing her how to make a roux, and I was like, oh, but you already know how to do this shit. And she, and she was like, this would be a lot better with like a little Gruyere in it, perhaps. I was going to say Gruyere, but then you, I don't know. Then I, I started thinking, like, I've been making this casserole the whole, the, with cheddar cheese this whole time. Yeah, Gruyere is the cheese you want to use for that. I need to spread my wings and, and fly with a new cheese. But it melts also, better. Well, but my, I don't know if better. my family is going to be able to dance with a exotic cheddar cheese like that. Is you the may have invented this entire narrative of the importance of the green bean casserole in your head. It's entirely possible. And they would be like, oh, yeah, good old green bean casserole. <laughs> Nothing changes. And you're like, everything changed. There's Gruyere in it. And they just are like, cool, can you pass the potatoes? Yeah. Yeah, when, whenever I make the green bean casserole, good, bad, bacon, no bacon, I added this this time, I bought this cheese instead of that, and every time my grandma was like, it's good. I'm glad you don't change the recipe, Jason. <laughs> Something I can count on. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. old standard. You could set your watch to this no damn difference. casserole. But he, uh, but Mitch also said, best stuffing variation, i.e. everything bagel stuffing, cornbread stuffing, or this Curveball, which I've never heard. White Castle burger stuffing. Never heard of it. So very internet-y. So does that mean you just you buy white, a bunch of White Castles and then you use the White Castle buns to make the stuffing? Or does the burger meat go in as well? My guess is the burger meat goes in. Which until, I mean, having not tried it, it doesn't sound great. It doesn't all sound disgusting. But it's just like, <laughs> that's fine. I mean, there's, I feel like there's so much in a White Castle that's going to overtake... Some of, I don't want to say stuffing's delicate, but a lot of the notes that I like, mustard and ketchup are going to kind of step on a little bit. Pickles are going to step on a little bit. A lot. So. Maybe maybe they're just maybe he's just using the White Castle buns. Who knows? Oh, wait, are there pickles on White Castles? Chopped onions, mustard, maybe ketchup. You can ask for pickles. Maybe ask pickles. I, don't I think know. once you start putting all that stuff in it, it's a stuffing it is not any longer. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. If you put ground beef in a in a stuffing, it's not stuffing anymore. I think the oyster is the only, only uh, protein that can come to the party. You can do a little pork sausage. Oh yeah, you can, yeah, a little a pork sausage one. is good in there. You take, sure. yeah, you decase a little Italian sausage or a little breakfast sausage. Mmm, mmm. But yeah, uh, I, I don't understand, and I also it's not my favorite thing anyway. So everybody, you know, whatever. I'm just not a huge mac and cheese fan. It's so rare that I find one that I care about or i think is worth eating in Mm. a way that like yeah i can name and this is not i don't want to come snobby but it's like i eat mac and cheese and i'm like oh there's 15 pastas i'd rather eat than this so what else can i eat Mm -hmm. and there's a few that i've had that were incredibly good and decadent and like oh yeah to sound snobby though i don't want to and i don't like people to do and i forget sometimes when i'm just talking to you that maybe it sounds different in the microphone but yeah i it's so it always seems like there's always a mac and cheese at Thanksgiving, and I'm like, why? So much better stuff here that's going to you know, take up this real estate if you throw some mac and cheese. I don't know. Mac don't and cheese it. is a beloved side dish, though. It is. Just- and I've had very good versions of it, but you're right. Most of it is a letdown. 
Um, and then favorite is stuffing, which really you know, you're I'm, a stuff man. I just don't need to reach for anything exotic. It's my favorite. And don't ever make it. I mean, or I mean, at Thanksgiving, I right. just like. It's so funny. Thanksgiving is, if you break it down to, like, making mashed potatoes, stuffing, and a turkey, you could make that for dinner easily, kind of like on a weekend or when you have yeah. time to make a dinner, you know, a couple hours, three, you know. Or any time you have bread that's about to go, sure. go bad or whatever, you know. I'm sure that's how stuffing was invented. Yes. Which is a genius idea. Stuffing is just, like, the hot dog version of meat. Yeah, there's... Of a, bread. But there's tons of food like that, like a panzanella salad... If anything, See? like you don't, See? you're going to be bummed using fresh bread, or you're going to make that fresh bread stale in order to make croutons for a salad. True that. I think the best side I saw on Instagram yesterday, because I, 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 I don't really post my like plate of Thanksgiving food on Instagram because everyone's looks the same and it doesn't really look that good. And it's just like, here's what mashed potatoes look like. I also have mashed potatoes. And like, here's what turkey looks like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's the one time where it's like, it doesn't need to happen. But uh, Chris from Night Market Song oh, shit. Restaurant yeah, here. I'm sure something he, was amazing. He did, uh, he did like a Mission Chinese Thanksgiving where they cooked a bunch of stuff from the book, I guess. And yep, then had, had Danny overnight some like Szechuan sauce to his house for it, which is like... Some chef privilege shit that I was very envious of, but then for sure, I'm sure Night Market had a good year this year in the last year because I saw the best side at his of, out of anyone's Thanksgiving, and I saw like a hundred people's Thanksgivings mm-hmm. on social media. He had the little ice bucket, and inside the ice bucket was caviar and a tr- and tray of uni and like another fish row, and then. Just some little like seaweed squares that you'd use to make like little rolled up kind of omasubi like Japanese sushi bites. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you eat it, everyone kind of gets drunk and you have the little piece of seaweed and put a little uni and then maybe a little stuffing, a little turkey and a little cranberry, a little caviar. And then you start building these, cra- you know, it's like a- when you have the deep fryer out and you start frying yeah. everything like they- it's a spring roll station. It's it's a high dollar spring roll station. Yeah, and that sounds. Uh, I was very envious of that. Uh, sounds incredible. It does sound very incredible. And then you know, just any any Thanksgiving that has like sashimi being cut fresh is is good. Yeah, whenever I see somebody with like a raw bar, like a three tier raw bar mm. included with your normal Thanksgiving spread, that's something that I think is worth achieving. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. Somebody asked uh, about coffee stuff. They said, um, oh, shit, what was it? Uh, actually, I'm going to have to get back to that. Um, the real Tecate Papi, how do you make a proper jello mold? And I say uh, Tecate Papi. I don't know if there's anyone, anyone ever wants to make a jello mold. I think you can make it out of anything as long as it's not porous and then you just spray it, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, any, you just pour jello into a mold and then you put it in the fridge. That's how you make a jello mold, right? That's it. But maybe he, by proper, he means like. When I mean, you, you can do things depending on like how good you're at it and what you want it to look like and that stuff. You can put like saran wrap in the mold first. 
so it doesn't stick to so like mm-hmm. it doesn't just like plop out it comes out easier you can spray it with like a little bit of like you know, like pam or something that really doesn't have any flavor you put or the something. layers in i mean I there's think. i think there's a little there's some tricks to getting it out of a mold depending on how much you want it if it's a super complicated like haunted house shape and you need like the steeple to be perfect there's some <laughs> shit like you know you might be getting deep in the paint for that but like yeah you put jello into something and then i think that's it <laughs> I li- I've never made a Jello mold because Jello isn't good. Right. But I really like the idea of when they like Jell-O's great when they do the layers, I eaten it in years. different colors, and they'll, you like fill it up halfway, and then you put like solid mm-hmm. objects in there and like yeah. gummy worms and stuff, and then load it up with a different thing. Love it. That seems really fun to do. And mm-hmm. like if I ever have children one day, I plan on making like a gummy worm Jello mold with them. Mm-hmm. But I will not eat it. I'll donate it to a homeless shelter because I'm not going to eat Jello, and neither are my children. It's disgusting. What'd you say? Sorry, I tuned out about eight <laughs> seconds ago. Uh, ba- at Bad Girls Live Forever, which, mm. which, is, oh, which, is, which is not true. <laughs> you're if gonna, anything, if you're over 25, you're not doing it at right. At Bad Girls Live Forever, you are going to die soon, especially no. the last picture you posted on Instagram was a Montreal smoked meat poutine. It sounds like you have mere days to live if you ate that girl. And also, feel free to ask a question, why is smoked meat thought to be good? Because it's very whatever. The Montreal smoked meat versus uh, yeah, it's a southern like a smoked meat? barely better, like, man, it is one of the most underwhelming, like, local delicacies I've had all over Drag the world. Them, sis. You tell them, girl. But it's also, it's, it's good. It's, it's like, it's a nice deli meat. It's tasty right fine but if someone was like have you fucking tried this yet i'd be like no i absolutely need to immediately and then they gave me that i'd be like oh it's like bologna right and i've been (laughs) dragged to places that are good like this isn't like from tim hortons this is like i've been the real deal where they only do smoked meat and i'm like been here since 1589 and they're the best in town. Like people talk about it, like you're bringing somebody to Langers who's visiting LA. Right. You right. bring somebody to Langers, and people can have religious experiences. You see their eyes cross. Yeah. You have like Montreal spokes meet. You're like, oh yeah, it's good. Pretty good. It's pretty good. We drove 45 minutes for this, huh? <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, yeah. Bad girls live forever. DM me and riddle me that. <laughs> But she says, what is your fave hangover food? And we went over this last week on the episode with, uh, with Marissa Ross, where she had that very involved... Yeah, that was incredible. Regimen, which was incredible. Marissa, that was so fun. She was just great, period. But that, I mean, it's pretty <laughs> rare that I'm blown away by a hangover ritual like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, halfway through, I was like, that's crazy. And then I was like, oh, she's still talking. I better listen. <laughs> she's still describing more. Yeah, lately it's 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 kind of tough for me because I I don't get that hungover nowadays, and I also don't eat breakfast anymore. Mm-hmm. So for me, my hangover cure is literally drink four liters of water, and then two cups of black coffee, and then s- sweat it out of some either go for a hike or go to the gym, go to the sauna or all of those, and it's going to be the hardest thing for me to do, and I won't want to do it. But then as soon as I'm done. I feel good enough. I'll and that's it. But I mean, like, a throwback, back in the days, hangover food, for me, it's just always like a Mexican breakfast of some kind. Chilaquiles, fat-ass breakfast burrito, huevos rancheros, mm-hmm. just like salty, crunchy, mushy, cheesy, meaty, 
And then, like, maybe a michelada, shitloads of black coffee. Yeah, I feel like in. my hangover cure is more alcohol. Right, and I've never been one of those people. But that's a thing that many people do. But, yeah, I mean, I also think it's kind of, I don't know, it's the food that I like to eat normally, not hungover. Mm-hmm. It's my hangover food, too. Oh. When like you're like, Korean all bets food. are off? Oh, okay. I'll go eat Korean food and be like, this is great. This is a great idea. Well, that's not I hangover food. It. Yeah. Well, what? How is it not? Hangover food has, is a specific genre of food. Get the bulgogi soup. Mm. Had that a couple days ago. No, yeah, is that, is, yeah, what was that meal? What did you guys have there at Western Dome? Oh, uh, just, just dumplings, bulgogi soup, and he had uh, veggie bibimbap. No mushrooms. And then, your, they, your brother. then it came with mushrooms and then with uh, induce. Hmm. Right before I took a picture of a sleeping grandmother that I will not share with anyone because it's a very creepy photo. Wait, was that, a, was that dinner? Yeah. Oh, when you sent it to me, I thought it was lunch. I thought it was you and your brother going down. No. Next question from Lindsay Gazelle, who is somebody that you should follow on Instagram. Lindsay Gazelle, G-A-Z-E-L. She makes... Uh, is she from Harry's Razors? She's not from Harry's Razors, but mm, she makes let cookies. Let know to follow. She makes these cookies that she designs herself and frosts to look like crazy things. Like, look at this, Andre. A ramen cookie. Pretty cool. I like it. So cool. That's like a cool hot dog cookie. <laughs> like, like, definitely the coolest looking cookies... I've ever seen in my life, and you should follow her. But she asks, need a good shakshuka recipe, please, if you guys fuck with that, or just, like, good additions to make it better. Special thank you, clown face emoji. Have you made a lot of shakshuka in your day, Andre? No, not a ton, but, I mean, there's similar dishes. Like, there's an Italian version that's basically, like, Eggs Diablo or whatever it's called, and it's basically, like, an arbiata where you're just dropping a bunch of eggs to simmer in. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, you're just... I think the sky's kind of the limit. You just need a good hot liquid you like, and then you pop eggs into it. It doesn't seem like... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's usually like a there's tom- a specific yeah there's a very specific a tomato way to based it, sauce. Yeah. You crack some eggs into it, put it in the oven, and then and have kind of crunchy all bread together. Dip some crunchy bread into it. So as as far as a uh, a good addition to that, mm, as a shopping cart drives by my house loudly, big fat ass croutons, big fat ass croutons. Hmm. Mm. You know, this is if you're not going to have this like has a got toast me. or bread with it. Like, if you want to eat it like a dish, you just like top it off with some croutons. Here's my thought: the shakshuka. It's already usually a tomato-based ish kind of sauce mm-hmm. with a bunch of flavors in it mm-hmm. and the egg in it. Mm-hmm. I say instead of the toast, we get the uh, we get the pan pan pizza. Mm-hmm. Like get get a white pie, mm-hmm. no sauce. And you dip the white pie into the shakshuka, hmm, yeah. Because I I was thinking about like when we had the when we were making those pizzas on the rock box, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm just going to put some pizza dough in with nothing on it, just some olive oil and some garlic and herbs or salt or whatever, and then you made like this flatbread kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it was actually maybe the best thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So then I was thinking. Crazy. 
why isn't all pizza like that? Because I'll go get a white pizza, but every time I order a white pizza, I will order a side of marinara, which I inevitably dip the pizza into mm-hmm. to complete the pizza circle. Mm-hmm. So I said, just always make pizza with no sauce and then get a side of sauce and you dip it. The, my favorite thing about chips is dipping them. I think that would probably be my preferred way to always, well, not always, but like nine times out of ten, I'd rather have, I'd eat, rather eat pizza like that. Or bread with yeah, it doesn't get pizza, soggy. A nice pizza sauce like that. It doesn't get sogged up with the sauce. So I say, make the shakshuka, buy some pizza dough, put the pizza dough in your baking sheet, all lay it out flat. You want to give it like twenty minutes, half an hour to rest and calm down, so you can fully stretch it out all across the pan. Oil it up with olive oil. Put a bunch of divots in it. Salt, pep, some raw garlic, whatever herbs you want. Maybe a little cheese. Maybe not. But no sauce. Bake it for 10 minutes. It's done. And then you dip that pizza shakshuka. And you have a whole giant pizza that costs like $3 mm-hmm. worth, of, worth of dough. I with anything that's like also super heavy tomato based like that with a dish. I think you want to figure out whatever kind of herbs you want to use and put them on raw at the end after it's cooled just a little bit. Because mm. I feel like when you're cooking with a dish like that, it's really nice to have something really bright and fresh on top that goes through the tomato and actually kind of lends itself to something kind of really strong and like forward flavored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you get a good quality herb, treat it with respect. Don't blast it in a <laughs> 550 oven for 10 minutes. <laughs> it's just going to turn into ash. Uh, at Red Umbrella asks, best home prep method for coffee and any hot takes for the next coffee wave? And I reached out to my good friend Elliot Foos in New York, who uh, briefly appeared on this show, the episode where I recorded in New York at the, the book fair. He's a, he's, a, he's a good pal and coffee enthusiast. He said, for home, uh, for home preparation, he likes a French press with proper attention an actual recipe, and a decent grinder. Um, a more sophisticated suggestion would be the AeroPress aero for its ease and quantity, or a Kalita Wave. Do you know what a Kalita Wave is? Kalita with a K? I feel like I do, but I can't think of what it is. It just sounds super familiar. Is that that crazy high-end $500 coffee maker? No. A Kalita wave is just, oh, that's just a, a metal pour over. Oh, okay. Okay. So for me, I always do a Kalita wave, the yeah. thing that I didn't know. Classic. I always do a pour over at home. The French press, I do, I, I would say the French press, I only really drink if I'm hungover at a restaurant, and I never really see French presses anymore. I don't really like French presses. I only like it when I'm like, about to slip my wrist level But I would hangover. imagine when he's describing a French press with a tension, it means it doesn't sit on the table for 45 minutes with the grounds in it. Yeah, like it doesn't turn into nasty done. water mud. Yeah, like you're actually, you're expressing the beans, pouring off the liquid maybe into a container, mm-hmm. like separate from the French press to keep it hot, and it sits out like that, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And you're, it's not just like a greasy spoon style French press. Yeah, I mean, the coffee should be, I mean, uh, he would know better than me, but my understanding is that that should be, that water should be out of there within like three, four minutes. Mm-hmm. It goes in the French press. If the water's at the right temperature, 204, 205, mm-hmm. like, and maybe, and he's a smarter man than me, and maybe he's got a revolutionary way to do it. But 
mm-hmm. everything I know is water needs to not be sitting with those beans the way that you get like a restaurant. Yeah. It looks great. I think like five years ago or ten years ago it was like, whoa, crazy what they're <laughs> they just put it on a front wow. I don't even care that I'm chewing ground. Yeah, and then forty minutes later you're like, God, why is this what is this sludge? It tastes well, like asphalt. Yeah. No, but I but I only really crave that when I was super hungover. And the and the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs in the diner there, L.A. heads know about this. But they used to have it would always be like you sit down with you and your loved ones, and it's almost like off top they just plop the French press and four mugs on the table. And then you plunge it and you, and you pour it up. And that was just kind of what you did because you needed that super strong coffee because you're in Palm Springs and, of course, you got fucked up. But they stopped doing that now that the beloved Taco Maria took over their kitchen menu and, and food program there, which is a real bummer. Yeah, it's kind of like that's a classic brunch move the pot in the classic mm-hmm. Palm Springs brunch move just to get the pot to the table. Yeah, man. Um, and and uh, her next question about the hot takes for next coffee wave, he thinks. I th- uh, Elliot says I think the fourth wave of coffee will see incentive customer facing changes, a change in cafe concept altogether. Hmm. Go get him, Tiger is great about this. We're also two years at most away from a, the first fully automated experience. Hmm. And I think, oh, that, that makes a lot of sense, which is unfortunate for barista bros and mm-hmm. babes because they're what's going to happen then. But yeah, I could totally see in two years coffee Silicon shops Valley, being completely. Stay out of my coffee. Stay out of my job. I love supporting small business. <laughs> so I agree with that. Yeah. You also like nagging people behind the counter. So mm-hmm. you can't do that with a machine. I love. Uh, Insulting people while they're working and giving me product that they have to, uh, they could do poorly. So I, I, I do agree with that. I think that is fully going to happen. And uh, I like the idea of you walking by some advanced coffee machine in the future, just being like, you again, huh? <laughs> Having a full the game type situation. Yeah, oh, you again, huh? Nice. Uh, is that a new red again huh are those, uh, <laughs> somebody's obsessed are those new glass something looks different about you are those new glasses I had yeah those are great do they come in your size why does Jason always call his coffee maker chief <laughs> so go get him tiger it's a very revolutionary forward thinking coffee vendor here in Los Angeles that a lot of people think is maybe the best mm-hmm. one of the best in the country G&B and go get him tiger I don't know what I would love to know more about that, why that would be a paradigm that he's looking towards the future to kind of becoming more prevalent because both are great and both just seem like a good coffee shop with food. I agree with you, but I think... And incredibly good. I mean, great, a great version of it. One of my favorites as well. But also like, I don't know, why? Because the one on Larchmont has bar seats? Because the one in... Los Feliz is next to McConnell's. Like mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I honestly don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either, except for that that type of experience where like you saddle up to the counter, you order a drink, you hang out. It's part of the experience, and then you pay when you leave. As opposed to me, want this coffee? Here is money. 
right. stand here until you bring me my call my name. I mean, all all that is is transferring a diner into a really quality coffee shop with mm-hmm. good food. And also, I think that their coffee is arguably on a higher level than our palates are able to appreciate oh, compared can... to other really coffee forward people. Completely believe that. But Go Get Em Tiger every Thanksgiving does this crazy holiday menu. Did you know about this? Mm. Look at look at this shit. So this is their cup of noodles where it's a toffee nut latte and the noodles are made out of toffee and then the ramen seasoning flavor packet is made out of instant coffee that you then pour hot water onto. That is so And then cool. the noodles... <laughs> and then... Uh, they have a whole thing. Okay, and then this is a peppermint mocha where the cup is made out of edible chocolate. It's filled with mint whipped cream and topped with candied mint leaf. A candied mint leaf with a uh, with espresso and then you and a peppermint ganache and then you pour it into the chocolate cup and you like bite it and eat it and drink it all together. They have a gingerbread you, you latte. I know your boy's real excited about all these bobble, these Dodger bobbleheads that are being know, featured right? in the pictures that Jason's showing me that you guys can't see. I ha- You can go to Eater LA holiday drinks at Go Get Em Tiger and look at all of them. I had the eggnog latte. It was good, maybe a little too sweet. I did not have the creme brulee um, boba. but the one, And I also had... Uh, this is the one that I preferred the most. Oh, no. I take it all back. Bullshit. <laughs> what? Why do they have Manny Ramirez as bobblehead in oh. there? <laughs> Hell no. I'm so sorry about that. You guys that. have failed, and I'm now boycotting and actively organizing <laughs> a boycott of all of your they had, coffee shops. They made like their version of an actually good pumpkin spice latte, which was good, but the best part about it was on top of it, instead of a plastic lid... Simply just sat a mini kabocha squash pumpkin pie that you would then just take a nibble off of. It looks like an egg custard tart from. It does. From but this dim sum. this dish right here, their maca, er, it was <laughs> chestnut boba with Okinawa sweet potato macadamia milk, caramelized sugar vanilla syrup, whipped coconut cream, salt and powdered candied chestnuts. It, this one was the most well balanced and interesting one. Where like, how, I, I don't really have a lot of chestnut experience, so it was the one that wasn't overly sweet and actually had like interesting subtle subtleties going on with the flavor. It looks. Insane. We got to move on because that Manny Ramirez bobblehead. I can't look at that photo just, anymore. You just really hate Manny, don't you? Do you remember how dark those days were? I do. Manny Town. <laughs> Manny Town. <laughs> Before he got a fifty game suspension for doping. Was and underperformed before that. Yes, yeah, oh, the, the worst thing the Dodgers have done in like the last decade. My favorite um, Instagram follower that I have is Mr. Cucumber, Mr. Underscore Underscore Computer, com, Mr. Underscore Underscore Cucumber. It's just a computer, a cucumber account, but not a not a fan of cucumbers. What's going on? He wants to know what's your favorite state of cucumber. No, 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 but the, this is being asked by a, an account that's a cucumber? That's right. Ooh. <laughs> it's not a fan account of cucumbers. It's he must literally be a so, cucumber. How, is this old? Is it like a fairly old account? It's been around for a while. I've been it interacting like, with Mr. Cucumber for a while. Yeah, because it looks like the... He must be really pissed off because it looks like the um, Rick and Morty, like Morty pick, or yeah, yeah, Rick yeah. Pickle. Mm-hmm. It looks, and he must be like, I was here first. 
Yeah, that's right. Um, favorite kind of cucumber. Um, like the Japanese... Favorite state of cucumber. Yeah, favorite state of cucumber is like the Japanese thin-sliced cucumber salad. So, so, Sononomo? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Real nice. A little rice wine vinegar and a little toasted sesame oil. Real simple. Yeah. Cuts, like if it sits at the table, you can use it to kind of cut anything, any flavor of the fish. You're just like, oh, and just get rid of that like snapper and get ready for something else. You have a little bite of cucumber. Mm-hmm. Nice. I also love cucumber. I love cucumber raw, kind of like in salads with beets and grains. And I think kind of Me like too. it's surprising if it, if you're using a fresh cucumber, it's surprising like a cucumber, a diced cucumber can stay crunchy and refreshing for like a week, two weeks in like something. It's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Big fan. Yeah. And I also like it juiced. I, mm-hmm. I love um, like too. pineapple, cucumber, juice together. Kind of a, gives you the cooling, balancing out the sweetness. Mm-hmm. And tequila, it's also good. Oh, yeah, it's a garnish. Mm. A, a cocktail garnish, great. And when you're eating food, off, Mexican food on, on the, off the taco truck, just taking a big old nibble out of a cucumber to cool your mouth down. Mm-hmm. All right, Jane, Jane Lynn, my old pal, how does McDonald's make the McRib shape to look like real ribs? Oh, it's a mold. It's just like a jello mold. Yeah, it's a jello mold for chopped meat. You know, you just take this disgusting meat stuff and you pipe it into this mold, and then do you think it's steamed? How do you probably. Think? It's probably yeah. steam cooked. Yeah, for sure. Nothing like a steam cooked rib mold. And yeah, I think it's steamed and flash frozen. Yeah. And then shipped and then kind of thawed in a microwave and then like sauce and put on a bun. What cut of rib do you think they're using for it? Is it more the Kansas City or the St. Louis? Like, what is <laughs> yeah. it? Well, obviously, McDonald's is famous for getting real close to those like inter- interstitial muscular fat because mm-hmm. that's where you know you're getting a lot of that flavor from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's probably the worst quality of meat. Yeah, whatever hits the floor. Being piped into. <laughs> uh, okay, five ten baby girl. She asked a couple questions that aren't really questions I'm going to answer, but she said... Shout out to Northern California, I think, yeah. She's NorCal. East Bay. Yeah, yeah she's, she, I think she's a fan of Tartine Bakery. She said, uh, you're telling me the crumb on Tartine's Country Loaf doesn't make you hard? Mm-hmm. And now I want to try that Country Loaf. <laughs> sure, I'll give her that. She says, also, I need ideas for a Thanksgiving leftover galette, mm-hmm. which I found to be an interesting question. I mean, that seems kind of crazy because a galette is a mixture of fruit sliced thin and then, I mean... Well, I don't yeah, know, a galette, like, it's like, you, you've probably seen it, it's, it's basically like a pastry, hmm? like a round pastry, and then inside is usually filled with some type of fruit, hmm? and then like the ends of it are folded over, so it's kind of like a small apple pie or fruit pie of some kind. So they, they do an open... Isn't, is that what it is? I thought it was open-faced, sliced thin... And kind of like served where it's pieced and plated. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, in, the, the center has exposed fruit. Yeah. And then the crust, I mean, it kind of looks like a little mini, over. mini pizza or something like that. Sure. But, but you like can the also presentation make... super, or I, I, I guess there's a lot of different pictures of what it can look like, but I've always known it to be fruit and kind of like arranged and. But we can you can do savory galettes as well. 
I mean... Oh, well, okay. So looking at these photos then, I mean, just take everything you have in your fridge and put it <laughs> in the pastry and fold it over. It's definitely going to be a turkey galette. Um, yeah, that's actually a good question. I would say with the leftovers, I mean, you, you make the pastry dough, which is just going to be a bunch of flour and, and butter and sugar and salt, right? Right. So if you're doing... You can't really use stuffing necessarily. I would definitely try and use... Um, any kind of fluffy potato that you have to kind of like as a base, mm-hmm. kind of like a souffle, shepherd's pie kind of thing. You can use that to kind of like. What about the cranberry? Yeah, I, I mean. Think cranberry would go nicely in there. Yeah, I think anything that like has, um, I mean, mashed potatoes are not, mashed potatoes were as an example for more for texture, but anything that has bright sharpness to it, if you have a bunch of pastry, like. You know, if your turkey's really flavorful, sure, like smoked turkey. But if your turkey just kind of tastes really not, I mean, there's no reason to have to incorporate it. It's not mm-hmm. going to actually be any flavor for it, which a lot of people's turkeys kind of just are just salty and kind of nice. I don't know. Also, a lot of people, you know, some people do the skin. Some people don't. Some people. I think I, if you had if whatever vegetables you have are probably going to be your best bet if you're not if you're going savory like if you have a Brussels sprouts or if you have a green beans or if you mm. have like if you have a mixture of vegetables I think that's kind of where I would try and start. I would like to get that skin, chop it up real fine, and then mix that into your your pastry dough. Mm-hmm. So that skin is kind of releasing that fat, keeping it moist like the like the buttery layers of a biscuit. Mm. You know, work that into it, and then, yeah, like Andre just said, blast your veggies in there. Maybe a thin layer of mashed potato as your base. A couple little whole cranberries plopped in and dusted around. You want to be careful about whatever you're doing doesn't release too much water, which you probably aren't, because since you're not mm-hmm. starting from anything as a raw dish, but like I, when you, I think when you do a fruit galette, you usually cook down your filling. Enough to the point mm-hmm. where it concentrates the flavor and releases some of the water because, like any puff pastry, you don't want it, you know, you want to keep it crispy, so you don't want as much liquid in whatever filling you're using. Mm-hmm. So I would take that into consideration. Uh, next question from our old friend, Do. She says, Shout out, Do. I just got a propane torch, <laughs> and my God, I have never felt more powerful. I need some you things. You should buy a gun, Do. Shit's crazy. First of all, you should buy a gun. I need some things to torch other than the normal torch stuff. Any ideas? I would say, and I was just looking on a friend's Instagram yesterday for Thanksgiving, and uh, her friend had like this big ass pile of roasted asparagus, and he had the sears all, Mm -hmm. and he hit the pile of of asparagus with the sears all at the end just to give it even more of a char crunch on there so i would say just finishing your roasted veggies with a with a little last minute torching maybe on some parts because like when you roast when you when you roast that that asparagus like the bottom end will be kind of like a little mushy still but then the top spear of that asparagus will kind of get that little crunch if it really is roasted hard and oiled properly so that getting that variation is nice but you know, I would say when you roast that, people always fuck up roasted vegetables. So hit it with that, hit it with that torch afterwards to really get a good kiss. And then she also asks, "Can you brulee salt? I don't like know. how you can sugar?" And I think the answer is definitely no. 
I don't think you can brulee salt. I don't think but so. But I like that do ask these weird-ass fucking questions. Going deep. <laughs> and then she said, if it's a water content thing, can you brulee syrup? I guess you could brulee syrup, right? I don't know. I mean, confectionery stuff is not really my wheelhouse. Same. But um, I think you could blister the syrup. I think I don't think you're going to get a hard... So she's talking about like Blistered trying to make a syrup. crust out of the sugar. I don't think syrup will get... I don't know. Well, maybe she's talking about like she'll make her, her, her kid some pancakes and then cover it with syrup. And then she's like, oh, I got a fucking torture. I might as well make brulee syrup pancakes or something. Hmm. Would be my guess. I don't know. I say worth a shot. Make sure the kid's not right there. I like the idea of her kid sitting down for breakfast wearing welding goggles. Just like, <laughs> she's like, you want pancakes? He's like, yep. And he just flips down the fucking <laughs> the visor and just sits there waiting for him. You got a light? Uh, our old friend and podcast veteran guest, Richard Parks. Don't know him. Does the term air brine bother you? <laughs> <laughs> We we have we've he, Parks comes in hard with the good questions. We've we've touched on that before as well, where like we're going to cover this w- turkey with salt or what other people like to call dry brining. Um. So yeah, air brine. It, it, that is added to the list of other things that bug me, like tomato confit bugs the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Confit means you're cooking something in its own fat. And that is not possible with tomatoes um, or whatever that is confied that mm-hmm. isn't duck or pork <laughs> or mm-hmm. chicken. You don't really see a lot of beef confit, do you? I don't think I've ever seen it or heard of it. Beef confit. Maybe it doesn't exist because it simply doesn't roll off the tongue so hot. They call it a roast. We call that a roast. I mean, look, the whole concept behind it, well, I don't know. We already talked about it. You want to cook it in enough fat that the fat, by the time it's done rendering, covers what has, is enough to cover whatever mm-hmm. you're making so you That's can right. store it at room temperature. Mm-hmm. All right. Our old friend, uh, Sean, Uncle Luke Warm is his current Twitter handle, which mm-hmm. is nice. Number you can one. change. You can change the handles. You you your your at name like I'll I'll always be at them jeans but you can have the t- the title whatever you want it to be oh, so fine. you could write a funny silly name that rotates all the time some people are good at it some people are not hmm. um, I'm afraid to do it because staying topical you could be in the news you know, you can be very topical you could be like Donald Trump mm-hmm. cool you could definitely do that no. <laughs> there's, there's like four million people he's the president mm-hmm. Donald Trump is the president, and uh, I learned that recently mm-hmm. on a different podcast. He says, number one, how do you get the family to quit being stupid and stop eating well-done meat? Mm. Number, You know what? That's This is very topical. Oh. My dad is not backing me in the kind of like medium-rare, well-sourced pork market. He's fighting back on me. Oh, uh, well, he, he's maybe a little set in his ways mm-hmm. where even though... Uh, a, like, he, a, he is not, he's not ready for a little pink. He's not ready for a pink pork. Mm-mm. And he probably never will be. Mm-mm. But with beef, He's made that clear. Beef, no problem. He'll do a rare beef. Oh, absolutely. Always medium rare. Right. Never anything over medium rare. Isn't he doesn't it, like tartare, though. 
I knew I knew he wasn't perfect, Donald. Also, Donald sent he texted me like an article about Parmesan cheese today. I haven't, he did. haven't checked it out yet, though. <laughs> He's gonna get to it, Dad. Donald, I'm gonna read this article about Parmesan cheese. You know that's right up my wheelhouse. That was a Parmesan pun. Yeah. So, how do you get your family to quit being stupid and stop eating? I mean, like, I, I don't, for me, I have the same problem. Like, n- I don't really think anyone in my family likes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, rare or medium rare, rare meat. I mean, look, it's just okay. There's so many things that are involved. There's cultural specific norms. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm guessing this is like somebody who's American, who's you know generations deep in the United States, and mm-hmm. if you're in certain parts of Europe, I think you'd look at you'd even be looking at raw poultry and, and raw pork in ways that you know, like there's such a thing as chicken tartare in regions of the world. Yeah. Um. So there, you know, there's cultural and regional specific things going on. It completely depends on how open the person you're trying to get to try it is, you know, mm-hmm. um, but there's up for it. People also, regardless of of your own opinion, might like well done meat. I know, and it's bizarre, and uh, like you know, Donald but Trump. like, I think the only thing you can do is. Perfect and make your best medium rare dish possible, mm-hmm. and and season it in ways that you might even think are too strong or way, like play towards whatever that person likes. If you know they like a certain type of food, mm-hmm. if their favorite thing is this, play towards seasoning it in a way that leans towards that. That's your best foot forward. Lemon pepper. Um, here's my here's- keep juices away from it as much as possible. If you're serving uh-huh. something medium rare, I would try and like keep au jus like necessary potentially away from it because it only lends to making it look raw and raw and bloodier yeah. and bloodier. Um, I say... And, and just hope that they like it, that they can kind of suspend whatever preconceived notions they have about, you know, less cooked meat. And, you know, but that's it. I, that's a hard one. I say we either... We, we have to hide the, vis- the visible... Because, like, for me, when I was a kid, I would be like... If I'm eating steak, I want it to be well done because I'm like a kid. And I and the thought right. of eating raw or rare or anything close to that was gross. Until you try a medium rare steak one time and it tastes good and you don't die. And you're like, oh, there's no other way to eat steak after I... Yeah, but what you're butting heads with is... It- is to a certain degree a texture issue, right? Fundam- like, mm. And, and you also flavor and taste, but like fundamentally the one thing that you can't out season or change is texture mm-hmm. like you can't get around it unless you're adding to it so barring like adding crunch or something to a dish it, it, intrinsically the texture of medium rare meat is night and day to a well-cooked steak yeah and if that i i think and i find that people with texture issues it's an impossible thing to break unless that they just do it on their own somehow Mm -hmm. and it's harder later in life because i think we get more set into things i think it's really common for people to change their eating habits from child to adulthood and i think it's a lot rare to find somebody in their 30s who eats differently in their 60s Mm. necessarily like or at least in their 30s are like i hate mushrooms and then like (laughs) later in life they're like i like mushrooms now (laughs) that's not really that's a lot rarer than like as a kid you change how you eat but the texture thing is gonna you know it's hard I say you get your you get your steak, you cut it up, you make sure there's no juices around, you you fan the steak out where the layers are on top of each other very closely. There's not 
a lot of pink exposed. That's good. Yeah. And then you, right down the middle where you're going to be pink, you sauce that shit down. You mm-hmm. cover it with some kind of sauce. If you're feeling real bad, girl, the best way, the Bernays goes down. Get a brown mm. butter Bernays. Paint a strip right across that. Uh, if you want to go a lighter route, you can go a chimichurri kind of salsa verde situation. And then if the texture is the issue, on top with some kind of crunchy to kind of make it so it's not all just mush in there, whatever that may be. Some peanuts, some crispy fried shallots, some fried garlic, whatever yeah. whatever, whatever it could be. Yeah, let's do some uh, or, fried shoestring onion. What do they call it when you do a giant topper of it? Like the awesome blossom? Kind no, of? but like... I guess yeah, like yeah, like a pile. But there's mm-hmm. like a name. Like I think I feel like there's a restaurant name for when they just dump a shitload of onion strings on top of something. Right, right, right. Stacker, smothered pile. and covered and stringed. Um, he asked also best Thanksgiving sandwich. We already covered the sandwich. And number three, sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie. Oh, pumpkin. It's pumpkin for me as well. But I think there's no real answer. But also, I did not grow up eating sweet potato pie ever. Same. Which. I guess we're white, so that's what happens. Mm-hmm. But I lo- but I also eat sweet potatoes almost every day of my life now mm-hmm. because they're so damn good. Mm. My, my our, our friend Jimmy, poor guy, he made sweet potatoes like the Thanksgiving style that we were talking about earlier, but he used the Japanese ones and not, Mm-mm. which is a no-no. <laughs> oh, that texture is so different. Uh, Tony... Tony, although he's probably used to training with them for jujitsu, yeah. which makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's a very trainer ass food to eat. Spe- but yeah, specifically those Japanese yeah. sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. That's part of my training regimen. I eat Japanese sweet potatoes every day of my life, and that's how I'm so buff. Tony Allen. <laughs> Tony Allen says you can only use one for the rest of your life: butter or olive oil. Olive oil. Which is a question that they ask on the I think the Bon Appetit podcast they like do a lightning round of questions and that's always the one that's a crazy person that says butter that's not why why is that there, I, there's a lot of de- depending on where you're from mm-hmm. and anybody from the south is going to be saying butter you know oh. different regions of of the world they don't have access to olive oil but well, they do have I'm access not to going butter. into like a socioeconomic conversation about like i mean Mm-hmm. This is, yeah. But there's butter, people that can't afford really good olive oil. Sure. Yeah. But that's not the question. But butter tastes better than olive oil. But also, that's I would disagree. That's an, that's just yeah. one opinion. Yeah, it has a totally different mouthfeel. It it when butter cools down, the texture becomes. Awful if you're not just spreading it on something like toast. I mean, if you fry a steak and let it Awful. sit, if you fry a steak in butter and let it sit too long, mm-hmm. how's, is that good? <laughs> no, but I mean, like when you're using butter as a sauce or like, or if you're incorporating it as a fat, that I mean, the temperature changes the state to such a degree of butter mm-hmm. that it's a completely different animal and becomes candy. But also, you're an Italian, and of course you're going to pick olive oil. It's in your blood. That's fair. And he said, second question for Andre, the rice king. Ooh. Rice cooker? Not the king. Rice cooker or I hope pot I can on the stove? Rice king? I think, um, <laughs> I think it's situational. Situational? Well, you can't do tadik and 
a rice cooker. In Persian rice cookers, apparently you can. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. Huh. That's wild. I know. I I really want to get a Persian rice Does cooker. Does it weigh 150 pounds and is made out of cast iron? I think it's just solid copper, yeah. It's that's, made out of marble, Persian that's joke. That's crazy. Shout um, out to all of our Persian listeners. Yeah, it's made out of columns that are 20 feet high. I would say it is definitely situational, and I, I'm, I'm going to pick rice Martin? cooker myself. <laughs> I'm going to definitely go rice cooker because whenever I make rice in a rice cooker, which is a couple times a week, I put rice that I wash with water in a rice cooker. I hit one button, and then I go leave the house and come back two hours later, and there's perfect rice every single time. And if I make it on the stove... It's not always perfect. Yeah, I, I I would agree the same way. And I mean, it can be. It's easy to fuck up rice. It's easy to fuck up rice. It's easy to forget about rice when you're cooking multiple dishes yeah. and when it's stovetop. Um, I I make the Hainan chicken rice in on stovetop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so yeah, probably yeah. If I had to, if it's like. One or the other, I would choose a rice cooker. Yeah. Also, grains in a rice cooker is great too. If you make like couscous or um, quinoa, or, I mean, it's, and yeah, grain cook incredibly well in a rice cooker as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Goslett, Liam Goss says, "Is cereal soup?" At first, I say that's a ridiculous question, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know, Liam. What does it take to be a soup? Is gazpacho a soup? I mean, that was the first thing I thought of, or like cold consomme. Mm. And like, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a soup. Or not cereal, but gazpacho is definitely a soup. Okay. So that means if it's, so heat is not a factor in it being soup or not. Um, I'm do going, you? But wait, do you? I've never made gazpacho. Do you heat gazpacho and chill it? No, no, no. You just put everything in a blender and then that's it. Great question. <laughs> it's got vibes of is a hamburger a sandwich? Mm. Or wait, is that hot the, dog a sandwich? Hot, is a hot dog a sandwich? There's a little bit of that. But oh. yeah, I, I would. You could probably make the case for it. <laughs> Especially now with the uh, addition of all these crazy nut milks, it's getting into more like you can make like a hazelnut and milk cereal bowl. I mean, you're you're getting soupy. I think you're probably talking semantics, and I would say no because it's cold. And gazpacho, it's like everybody has that one exception to the rule, and I think cereal is too big to be an exception. And I think gazpacho, it's like okay, fine. You, mm-hmm. you get to be a soup even though you're a cold soup. Mm-hmm. But I think the answer is no. The answer is definitely no. Too Fat for LA, friend of the show. What piece of kitchen equipment are you looking at getting soon or hope to one day get? Also, how was your holiday? <laughs> uh, and keep up <sighs> the great work. Rock box. Because I, I feel, like I, feel yeah. like I can have one on my balcony because I, I don't have the room for so many things that I would like. This reminds me I need to follow up with Rockbox about them like giving us a Rockbox. But I think out of anything that I've tried this year that is in, you know, I'm sure you're not talking about like a $10 garlic press. Right. So if you're thinking of something that's kind of like, you know, a little bit 
Some real big boy shit. A little bit of a flex. I think the rock box is the most... And hands down the most impressive thing I've used this year or in years. Yeah. And not for pizza. I mean... It's great for pizza, but that thing is not a pizza oven. That right. thing cooks everything mm-hmm. incredibly. R-O-C-C. Steak, vegetables, roasts, pizzas, flap. I mean, and it's very cool. R-O-C-C-B-O-X. We've talked about it before on the what show. Was it 6700? If you want them, because there's a gas and fuel one, and there's like a there's a slightly cheaper one, which I think the cheapest is like four hundred, and then there's like a dual or five or five hundred, and then there's like a dual fuel one, Mm. which is the one you want to get. Yeah. Um, and that's like yeah, I just I I think so cool. Completely. The blue hoodie asks, "Is Felix good? I have not been to Felix yet. I don't know. I tried to get a reservation three months out and couldn't, so." I guess I'll just in six months tell you. Uh, I've heard that it is good, but I've also heard that it's not that good. Super good. Yeah. I'm sure it's great. But I'm sure it's super good, yeah. What was his old place next? I ate at Evan Funk's old place. What was it next to HD Buttercup? Yeah. Uh, why can't I think it of it? It was very good. Yeah. It was excellent. Funk. Uh, is it funky? I think it's funky. Is, is it, it funky? Isn't that weird? That I've never heard his name funky? said. I've only read it. I think it's funky. Okay. Well, Evan Funky, you know how to do pasta. I saw on Instagram Evan Funky, instead of making Thanksgiving turkey, he was grilling, he just at people. grilling carne asada Sick. <laughs> while scowling, I'm assuming. Yeah. He did not smile all Thanksgiving. And I also... <laughs> I, I saw like an interview with Batali, and he said every year for Thanksgiving, instead of making the same shit, they do a different region. So cool. So Love he said idea. this year they did Oaxacan food. And I'm like, damn, that sounds like such a good idea. I want to do that now. Mom, if you're listening next year, we're not doing white people food anymore. I have friends who do a uh, whole braised mole turkey every year that's really good. Woo! I mean, it's very different in like, oh, yeah. the, like how it kind of comes out, but it's very good. Last couple of questions. Filter Bear asks, what is the most absurd thing you've seen somebody consume on an airplane? Hmm. I don't know if I've seen anything that crazy other than hot food. It's always annoying. Yeah. I mean, I've been on some Asian flights where... Here we go. ...where boxes just get opened and I can't identify what's going on. And it's like, you know, those... Chicken feet? Yeah, stuff like that where it's like... Glutinous ball? It comes out of boxes that are tied with twine and it's some wildness. And I'm just like... (laughs) Where you just wonder how that person thought that that was airline food. Like, granted, it's food. (laughs) But in the choice of, like, you have confined places and you Mm -hmm. have small things to eat with tiny little bones, like little necks and things and feet. Mm. And you're just like, where are you going to put the little feet? (laughs) I can't, I can't think. Of, I, 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 haven't, I haven't really seen anything that absurd, but I did see a photo online recently that somebody posted like a few rows up from them. This guy was sitting in an aisle seat, and he was like reading reading a book. And the and the the dinner service came out, and he had taken all of his food and trash and napkins and cups and everything. And just put it on the floor in the aisle next to him, just on the ground, like he was at a baseball game or something. Yeah. And for something about it was just so upsetting looking. Yes. It I just could, made yeah. me want to just smack the shit out of him. Just like, what the hell is wrong be, with you? Like I a big be very ass annoyed, yeah. Like he's at a movie theater or something. You drop this, bruh. Man. And then you punch him in the face and then just dump all that over him while he's passed out. Definitely do that. Uh, last question, Natalie 
Gu- Guevara. What happened to Dunkaroos? <laughs> you know what? What happened to Teddy Grahams? You know, Natalie, I don't know what happened to Dunkaroos. They've gone the way of the dodo. Dunkaroos were, was like it was like a little container of Teddy Grahams or like little cracker things with frosting, and you dunk them. The, I'm trying to remember what Dunkaroos are. A Dunkaroo, yeah, it was kind of like. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like it's like the cheese. It was like and, a, the cheese and crackers, but instead a dessert. Yeah. All right. It's just really gr- like yeah. It's <laughs> I, I don't think I ever had a Dunkaroo actually, because you dunk it in just like this white paste. I don't know Dunkaroo. I never had you. Um, and I assume they were they must have been delicious, but it doesn't look delicious. But what do I know? Sorry, girl. All right, the best thing that we ate all week. For me, we went to the friends. I went to my first friendsgiving this year. Thank God. Uh, on Tuesday, Royce Burke from from Secret Lasagna, who was on a month or so ago. That was incredibly awesome. That was super fun. He had a great friendsgiving. He did a bunch of cooking, made a turkey and stuffing and this and that and cheese or something i don't know it was a lot there's a lot of wine to be had but he made uh, a roasted leg of lamb with like a real buttery jus sauce that it was it was hard to cut only because royce you think for a professional chef his knife would be a little bit sharper he had the he's probably giving out the friendsgiving knife oh you don't get the lightsaber when you're giving out the friendsgiving knife yeah yeah, but it's it's a nice global knife. Same, you know, global chef knife, same one that we have. Maybe he doesn't want he's worried about you cutting yourself. <laughs> and which but, arguably you do more with a dull knife than a sharp one, but That's right. But that so I w- I had a hard time cutting through this lamb, but I was like, "Oh no, that means it's going to be really bad or dry." But then it was not at all. Mm-mm. It was just the knife was that dull, Royce. Mm-hmm. And this lamb was I just couldn't stop munching it. The inside of it Real soft and buttery and pink. The outside of it, crunchy, you know, herb-covered bits that were caramelized, just swimming in this sauce. A crust. Real good. So, and didn't you make a little roast lamb yesterday for Thanksgiving, Andre? I did. Interesting. How you know about that? I know all, Andre. I know all. I did, but I, I'm, you know, I'm not as good of a cook as, as your man's. Royce, um, so I debone my lamb legs so I can um, season it inside, roll it, and then tie it. Mm. So I, I did lamb too, and I, I don't know. It was, came out bad. Uh, no, well, <laughs> came out great. It was just overcooked a little. Oh, I. Uh, did you, did it you, was. Did you use your digital read thermometer? Yeah, but I left, so it was like mm. a nine-pound leg. Um, so. butterflied it, and then I, I really was like, "There's no way it's gonna take less than like two hours to cook." So I went to the gym. Uh, mm. I mean, I thought it was gonna take two and a half, like three. Mm. When I came back, it was like ten degrees over, and it had cooked for like forty-five minutes less than I thought. And I was like, "God damn it!" It was fine, but yeah, it was like, "It was." What'd you spend on that like, nine dollar nine pounder? Oh, it was like sixty bucks, sixty-five bucks. If I got sixty-five bucks worth of meat in my oven, Daddy ain't leaving house. 
Well, it also like yeah, stay in there so instead of pulling out at like one thirty and letting it rest to one thirty five, which is maybe even rarer than some people would like, but I'm just going to serve it the way I like it, and mm-hmm. they can get ends, they can get the end pieces if they're really like freaked out, or I can just sear it for them if they did, like. Eh, can you cook this more? Mm-hmm. One thirty is usually where I pull out like lamb and beef, um, pork too, maybe, eh. um, and and so yeah, it came out at like one forty. A little under and then rested. So, you know, it was like just not a ton of pink. It was a little more gray than I wanted, but it was then it was just as tender. So you ruined nice. Thanksgiving again. I ruined it. What's the best thing that you had all week? It definitely wasn't your lamb. It was uh so I went to my friend Bob's house for Thanksgiving mm. and his sister is an incredible um I don't know, baker? Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say pastry chef, but more baker. Mm-hmm. And she makes these Mexican wedding cookies that I think are my favorite Ooh. cookie I've ever had. Oh, shit. And she was sweet enough to make a bunch. I want to think it was an honor of me going, but she didn't know I was going to be there, so I don't think that's possible. But she and she was really sweet. She brought my favorite almond croissant down from Monterey, where she lives, too. Damn. So shout out, Sylvie. Thank you so much. But the Mexican wedding cookie she makes... Um, would be something I would eat very often with coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's the be- It's so incredible. The Mexican wedding cookies; those are kind of like the little balls. Yep, and they're covered in powdered sugar. Yep, and it's, they're they're kind of similar to. Um, they're like a butter cookie ish. Yeah, like if you had to describe what world it lives in, I would say like it's kind of more of like the butter cookie world. And they have a little bit of like a. It's it's moist, mm-hmm. but it also has like a little bit of a dusty. Mm. Dusty I would brittleness say, to I it. I would say cr- like butter cookie crumbly, which is my favorite. It's it, There's a similar item, uh, Filipino cookie. I think it's mm-hmm. called polverone. Yeah. Where you I com- feel like every... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Sorry, it's like flour and like almond meal and you just mix it with butter. And yeah. then you just shape it into a thing. And there's then there's Jewish rugula that's like that for yeah. sure. And yeah, everybody's got a good version of this. Mm-hmm. Hers are my favorite. Maybe a little vanilla extract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's, may- or maybe a little almond, a little mm-hmm. bit, possibly, mm-hmm. or maybe sure. not. Or I've had it, I feel like maybe I've had it before with almond. Yeah, popping a couple of those with a hot cup of Joe. Oh, baby. Adios, amiga. All right, Andre, thank you. Thank you for all of our listeners who thank tuned you. in. Yeah, thanks for the questions. Well, ja bless you. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.